0: All right. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Welcome to my channel. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. You are listening to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith and I'm Holly Smith. This is a production of lion and lamb ministries we are a ministry that is out to preach the gospel of jesus christ to all the world because we are in the end times we're in the latter days we're in the latter reigns of the holy spirit and i'm not going to miss it we are going to get this gospel preached to the world so that jesus can return and so that's what lion and lamb ministries does i'm a minister of the gospel there and This is what the Lord's called me to do with my life. So I'm so glad that you're here. So if I haven't mentioned that yet, I just wanted you to know Lion and Lamb Ministries is a ministry God called me to start so that I could help push the church forward into the, into, um, well, quite frankly, the rapture, we are going to see Jesus come down out of those clouds. We're going to hear the trumpet sound. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we are the generation that gets to be a part of it and gets to see it and gets to experience that. Okay. So because of that, our church right now, the church on the earth today doesn't look glorified yet. It doesn't look beautiful yet. See a bride's supposed to be beautiful. The word said Jesus is coming for his bride, a glorified church. The word says that in last days, In the days of this church generation, we're going to walk down the street as children of God and our faces will be shining like the sun. And so we have a lot of work to do between here and there because we got to get sanctified. We got to get ready to be the church because what the church has looked like up to this point is not what it needs to look like moving forward. The Acts church did a great job, but any church generation that you or I have seen since we've been here on the earth It's not what the church is actually supposed to look like, right? Because we're supposed to be bold. We're supposed to be like a lion because Jesus is the lion of Judah. He came for his bride. He came to give us the kingdom. And he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Okay. So we got to be ready for him to come back because the church, all of us together in the church is the bride of Christ. And when you're a husband and you go to a wedding, your wedding uh, because that's what the wedding feast is when we go up to the rapture we're gonna have a wedding feast we're gonna be with Jesus we're gonna be with our king our groomsmen and it doesn't have to make sense to you right now it will one day just know that it's good and it's holy okay but we're going to this wedding feast we're gonna be there with Jesus hallelujah and when we're there right he's not coming to get a broke busted bride When a groom walks down the aisle, a groom wants a bride, a beautiful bride, a glory bride, a glorified bride, right? A groom wants a bride that is dressed and beautiful and like he's never even seen her before. She's going to be the most beautiful he's ever seen, right? On your wedding day, you want to be the most beautiful you have ever been, right? And so, as a bride. And so we're the bride of Christ. And so when we get up every day and we look in the mirror, are we glorified? Do our faces shine like the sun? Because if not, we have a work to do, right? Glory. And I'm not saying you're going to be able to see your face shine like the sun. Maybe it'll just look like that to other people and you'll be so used to the light. I don't know. But what I do know is you're supposed to be the light. We are supposed to be the light of the world. And so if you have not gone out today and touched a soul for Jesus, as a Christian then we gotta get to a point where we can do that skillfully and successfully every single day. In Walmart, at the grocery store, picking up your kids from school, everywhere. At work, at home, with our extended family, with people we know from sports, with the people that we play bridge with, right? I I don't know what you do with your time, but you're in front of souls. And you're a soul-winning person. You're a person that wins souls. You don't have to be a minister of the gospel to win souls. In fact, I would venture to say Most soul winning starts, all soul winning starts with someone, I would say most, okay? But most soul winning starts without a minister. Sure, I go and meet people. Soul winning can start with me, right? I can invite them to my church and have them come in and preach to them. And I can do every step of that. But if I did that every single time, if every single person in our church came because I invited them, the church would grow really slowly, and unfortunately, what the church has done as a body of Christ, what we've decided to do is say, well, that's what's gonna happen. The ministers of the gospel, they're the ones that are supposed to be doing this. This isn't my job. No, 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 no. I am a Christian, I, I wear a cross necklace. I've got a cross tattoo. I have a Bible verse on my Instagram bio. I don't need to be doing this, people. If they wanna know about Jesus, they can go look at my Instagram bio. And I will, they'll, I will have that there for them and that will lead them straight to Christ. I don't have to do anything. That is a load of bull. It is a demon lie straight from the pits of hell because what you're actually supposed to be doing is you're supposed to be saying, I love Jesus so much that I can't keep it to myself. I can't keep it to myself. I've got to share it with the world. I don't have a choice. If you don't feel like that, if you don't do that, if that is not your modus operandi, Okay, then we need to get sanctified, which is to be made holy so that we can be there. Because I am going to tell you right now, no less than a year or two ago, I would have said, um, I love the Lord. So grateful for him. But my life is pretty hectic. I've got a lot going on. I've got young babies and and things have been going on. Lord, you don't even know what's been going on with me. I've got things going on. So, I don't have time today. I'm a little bit stressed out. I don't have time to stop for that soul today. In fact, it makes me very uncomfortable and makes my, my face, my face feels hot. Um, you know, could you just tell them because you are alive. Hallelujah, so Jesus, you go tell them and I am gonna uh, get back to my errands because I am too busy for this. Okay, love you, bye. Nope. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not how it works. It's just not. Jesus did not say, I'm going to tell all the people, you guys say, love you, boo. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. No. No. Jesus actually said, he actually said, "Uh, you go and do the work. And greater works than... I do greater works than these you'll do because I'm going to the Father. So I started the work. I planted the seed, baby. I set an example. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to take what I what I gave you. You're going to grow in the Holy Spirit, right? You're going to get sanctified. That anointing is going to drop on you. And what you're going to find is now you're ready to go straight to the top. Jesus wasn't a trillionaire or a billionaire when he was here on the earth. He was wealthy. He had a lot of money. He had had a lot of money in in that he had a home. He had nice clothes. When he was crucified, they cast lots for his robes. You don't gamble and bet for something that's not better than what you've got, right? You don't gamble for rags. You gamble for riches, for something that's of value. You're going to get a good deal on that. Okay. Okay. He had money so please don't let people tell you that he didn't but he wasn't he did not jesus's call was not to undergo a wealth transfer that wasn't his job his job was to preach the kingdom preach the good news of the gospel of jesus christ preach that god is light preach that god is love preach that you don't have to go to a sinner's hell you can go to a saint's heaven hallelujah That's a beautiful thing that Jesus was called to do. And he came and he did that. And he laid a foundation. He's the cornerstone of this church. When you have a cornerstone of a building, it's the first stone you start with, right? It's the first one. You put that block there and you're like, bam, nailed it. First stone's in. But if you went to someone who had hired you to build that building and you said, hey, got the cornerstone, it's in. See you later, bye. What's that gonna do? They're gonna say, See you never. I'm going to go hire someone that can finish this work, right? I'm going to go hire someone that can lay more than just one stone. I'm not saying Jesus isn't a good stone, but I'm saying he's the head of the church. He isn't the church. He's the head of his body. He isn't the body. You are. I am. We have a work to do. So we're going to get into that today. But the good news of this is first that this sermon is called How to Be a Kid Again. So what you're going to learn throughout this next, however long we're going to sit here together, is that I don't know how long I'm going to go. It's just the Holy Spirit's going to lead us. Hallelujah. What you're going to learn through this time that we have today is that when you seek after the kingdom, when you become a soul winner, when you say, I just want the souls, Lord, I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. I just need these souls. I need to get these people saved i don't want them to become nothing i don't want them to go to hell i don't want them to perish i don't want them to sit there and suffer i don't want them to burn for eternity and just be grasping for one solid single drop of water that's what those people in hell are begging for is one drop of water and you're just going to sit there next to someone who's headed for that and go i'm busy that's not compassion guys. That's not love. The Bible says if we don't love people, if we don't show God's love to people, then God's love isn't in us. So I need you to understand that when you get saved, that is not the end of the game. It's just the beginning. Okay. It wasn't the goal. It's the starting line. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Okay. That's the beginning. The Bible says that this is a big book and I have a big copy, right? This copy is a parallel version. It's nice, big print, right? So so it's a big, but even if you've got a pocket Bible, it's not small. There's a lot of pages. Let's see. Oh, uh, there's thousands, thousands of pages in here. What's my point? My point is that the words in this book don't all say, Jesus saved, did Jesus saved, did Jesus saved, did Jesus saved, did you know Jesus died on the cross and saved, did Jesus save? did Jesus save? Not every word says that. If it did, I would agree with you. Salvation's all we've got to do. I would agree with you. If that's all this word says, if this word was four chapters long and it was just the gospel message, just the gospels, Jesus came, he died. He rose from the grave. He paid for your sins and mine. We get to go to heaven. Sayonara, see you later. If that's all this book was, I would agree with you. I wouldn't be sitting here. You'd be saved. I'd be saved. We'd go on about our day. But that's not all there is to this book. There's more. There's more to the Christian life. There's more to the Christian walk than just 15 minutes in the morning and Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. There is more to the Christian life than that. There's more God has called you to do than that. But the good news is it comes with childlike freedom. Does your child or a child that you know, do you remember when you were a child, did you sit there and worry about socks? Did you worry about gas? Did you worry about food in your tummy? No, you were, I said tummy guys. I have very small children at home. So ignore that. Um, you know, but one of them is potty trained. So we talk about her tummy, we go potty. It's the whole thing. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Small kids is a whole like adventure of life. It's a whole chapter. It's awesome. I'm in love with it. But you know, it's teaching me a lot about how to be a small child with the Lord. Because he needs us to be child. Like Jesus called one of the children to him and said, if you don't become like this child, he put him in his lap. So the child was small to get in his lap. If you can't get in your dad's lap as a child of God, then you're not a child of God you're not there. You're not going to be able to do what he needs you to do. You may get saved at the last hour. You may go to heaven and have to learn all this there. I hope that you get saved regardless. Pray you get saved no matter what. Okay. Cause I just want to see you there as, as a member of the body of Christ. You have the responsibility of knowing, uh, you have the responsibility of knowing who you are as a saint in the kingdom of God. See saints are citizens of heaven. We are a citizen of heaven. When you're a citizen of the United States, a citizen of Africa, a citizen of China, there are things expected of you as a citizen. See, if you're going to be in this country, you've got to play by these rules. You have to not lie. You have to not steal. You have to not cheat. You have to not murder. Those are the rules for my country. I am not that well-versed in others, but I think it's a general rule, right? You can't do those things. What is going to happen if you do in this country? You're going to get locked up. You're going to spend a long time in prison, Guys, hell is a prison. Hell is prison. Okay. And it's not ending. It's never going to end. It lasts for eternity. So every moment that feels unbearable and like the worst moment of your life, the next moment's going to be worse than that. There are people who have died and gone to heaven, right? Yeah. Well, there are people that have died and gone to hell and come back because Lord was merciful. Right. And they were called back into their body. Someone prayed over them. Someone, someone, Um, interceded for them. The dead are still raised today. If you didn't know that, by the way, the Bible says these works I do and greater you'll do. Jesus was raising people from the dead. So that means we should be too, right? These signs shall follow those that believe they shall cast out demons. They shall heal the sick. They shall cure the lepers or cure the blind. They shall raise the dead. If that has not happened, if signs, wonders, and miracles are not following you around in your day-to-day life, then there is something that you're missing. There's a step you have not taken yet. There's a door you haven't knocked on yet. There are more doors in this kingdom than just the one. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am the door to the sheepfold. You're not going to get in here without coming through me. But when you get in here, there's more to do. There's more levels to attain to. There's more to reach for. Right. And I don't mean levels in some sort of religious I'm making up crap as I go kind of way. I mean, like, you know, when when Peter's shadow hit. When Peter's shadow, has, has someone's shadow ever passed you? Have you, like, especially when you were a kid. I feel like as a kid in public school, you sit down outside a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only one that noticed that. But I feel like they make you sit down outside a lot. Uh, pep, pep rallies sometimes if they're outside, games, you know, field days, whatever it is. You sit down outside a lot. You go on field trips. You sit down outside. When a teacher walked past you and their shadow passed you and you weren't even looking up. You looked down. But the shadow passed you. It hit you it hits you. If I do this, there's a shadow in front of my eyes, right? Shadows are being cast right now, right? On my body as I'm putting it in front of the light. Those are shadows. Is the shadow touching me? Is my hand touching me? But is there a shadow on me? Yes. If you can see it, great. I can see it. There's a shadow on me. Okay. But my hands are not touching me. Okay. But there's shadows. Peter's shadow (laughs) touched someone. It went past someone. cast over them and they were healed immediately why because peter was up does peter was operating at a different level does your shadow heal people probably not (laughs) and that's okay but we want it to jesus's shadow was not recorded as having healed anyone but peter's was see he went on and did the works that jesus did and greater than these because he jesus going to the father peter knew that peter watched with jesus he knew him and so he did a greater work than Jesus. It's recorded in this scripture. Paul did a greater work than Jesus. A snake, a poisonous, deadly viper came up and bit him and he just shook it off. Maybe it was a snake, I don't know. He shook it off, went in the fire. They watched him for a couple hours, he didn't croak. He just sat there like, what? And they all believed. Everyone on that island he was shipwrecked at went, oh, well you're saying's right, they all got saved, right? Poisonous things won't touch you. Bad things won't touch you. The devil can't touch you when you're walking this way. I'm describing a way of life that you probably have never even been exposed to. But there's a way of life where you walk in such divine health, such divine life that you don't need a healing. You don't need a financial breakthrough. You don't need a miracle in your life. You are the one that provides the miracles. You can get to a place in life where you're not the miracle seeker, you're the miracle provider because you carry the anointing. It's a vessel. When a vending machine gives you a snack, when you put money in it, it's a provider of that snack. Is it the one that loaded the snacks? No, and it's not the snack itself, but it is the provider of it. You got it, where did you get that snack? I got it from the vending machine. You don't say I got it from the guy that loaded the vending machine. Actually, I got it from the factory back there that made the snack. No, you say you got it from the vending machine, right? Because that's the vessel. That's that's the, the container for that snack. You got it from the vending machine, right? Well, so God puts his power in vessels. He puts his power in people. We're the vessels. And so when you need a healing, you got to get to a vessel. If you're not built up in this, if you don't know this, then you got to be the one sitting in the healing service instead of performing the healing service. You got to be the one that's going to the doctor's office instead of playing with your kids spending money on crap from the devil, like cancer treatments and just junk instead of getting to enjoy your life. Why? Because you didn't know this enough. And this is not an easy truth to tell people it like telling someone your life sucks and it's your fault. That's not fun. And I'm not even saying that it's not your fault. You haven't known, but you have the responsibility of knowing So we have a sermon to get to guys. I've been talking for 20 minutes and we have a sermon that we need to preach today. So this sermon is called how to be a kid again. So we're going to get into it. Are you ready? Let's go. So Jesus and I have conversations. Um, We talk. I talk to him. I say, hey, Jesus. He says, hey, Holly. And we, and we chat, right? Why? Because uh, he's an alive God. Jesus is alive. He's living. He can speak to you in your spirit. You just have to talk back. You just have to have an ear to hear, okay? And I'm gonna give you an example of, of Jesus speaking so you know I'm not making it up. He, he talks to people all the time. Anyone that will talk to him, he will talk to them if they'll listen and if they'll obey. One example um, is Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter nine. It says, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you'll be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. So this is an example of Jesus speaking loud enough other people could hear him. But Paul saw the light. So he had a whole vision of Jesus, right? This is one example of Jesus speaking, but he talks all the time. He actually invites you to talk to him in John 10. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And they follow me. Okay, talk to the Lord. When you first learn his voice, um, you know, it's far easier to learn a voice of someone who you recognize. You're gonna learn to recognize the Lord when you get in here. Get in here and read it. I'm talking cover to cover. You don't have to even start anywhere in particular. Just let the Lord lead you. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you, okay? I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. Go watch some other videos. But just say, uh, just so you know, Holy Spirit is the power. It's the anointing. The Holy Spirit is the anointing of God and bestows more anointings and gifts and special abilities in you. That's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is power. Holy Spirit's the gift from God. It's the power from heaven that you have sitting on the inside of you. When you got saved, you have it. But getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, fill me up, is like an invitation for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifested, made manifest in your life. You say, Holy Spirit, I want this power. I want to walk in all of God, not just two-thirds of God. So what you do is you say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. I want to use your power. I want to be a vessel for the light of God in in the world. I want to be Jesus to people. I want to help get them saved and get them to heaven. I want souls on my record in heaven as having won them in the name of Jesus. Amen. When you do that, first of all, you're setting your intention with the Lord. And second of all, you your Holy Spirit filled. So we got all kinds of things to do after that. So I teach about speaking in tongues and all that stuff. You can go check our, our website and our YouTube channel, Lion Lamb Ministries, and it will be a blessing to you. So lionlandministries.com um, is where you can find the links to all of our stuff. So. That's, um, it's so important guys. It's so important. So the Bible gives us instructions on how to talk to God. It's not just, um, you know, Hey God, I love you. And he was like, I love you too. Bye. Like it's, it's more, um, personal. It's more special. It's more, um, lovely, but here's the part that I need to reveal to you. So God and the Holy spirit and Jesus, you can hear all three voices, they can talk as one. They can talk as three. Um, but what you need to understand is it's they're not the only ones talking to you in the spirit realm. See, you're a spirit housed in a soul, clothed in a body. This body is just your earth suit. So if you're sitting there stressing out about losing weight or not losing weight or what this weird thing on your left arm is or that funky pinky toe, just chill out because you're going to be in heaven and you're going to be in a heaven suit. And you'll probably... You may resemble yourself, but you're not going to look just like you look now. It's not going to matter. Your life is but a vapor and a mist. So stop spending time on that and focus on your spirit man instead of your flesh man. Because most of us just focus on what we can see. And the Lord is saying to the church and to the body of Christ, I can't afford any more time for you to focus on that. We're done focusing on the flesh. We're done stressing about the flesh. We're done worrying about it. What we're going to do is this word. What we're going to do is this kingdom. You never heard one time Peter and the disciples saying that they got this amazing protein powder and now they're going to be jacked even harder and I'm going to get that pre-workout and then, buddy, we're going to get jacked and then we're going to go save souls. I'm not saying don't work out. I'm saying don't make it an idol in your life and that's from the Spirit of the Lord, so that was for somebody. I've had to go through that with the Lord. I mean, he has gotten on my case about that and said in such a kind, loving, gentle, fatherly way, hey, I need you to let this go because I have other things for you to do, right? So I'm not saying don't be healthy. The blessing will help you be very healthy. What I'm talking about, what I'm telling you to do is going to lead you into divine health. So you don't have to worry about it. All you gotta do is get in this word and make this the most important thing, even over the things the world has told you is the most important. The world, the devil is is trying to make you so focused on your flesh that you cannot possibly get in this word because you have to work out. You have to hustle. Hustle culture is so important. We have to get up at 5 a.m. and we have to go, 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 go. go, And there's not going to be any time for God because we have to go do all these other things. No, no. God provides rest and you end up working harder and faster. With the devil, you're just spinning your wheels. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to get through the introduction of my sermon here in a minute. little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. They are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us by this. We know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're sitting there and you're saying, God, And you're getting voices back, right? All the great things that are happening. And you're feeling like you really get this instruction. You really get this, whatever. Every time you, and I, this is a principle of life. This isn't something you do one-off. No, this is something you do. Okay. You run what you hear past the word of God. If something feels funky, check it out. Say, did Jesus come in the flesh? Say it in your spirit. It's okay. I know. I know it sounds crazy. It just doesn't matter. This is the real life. This is real life. Everything you've experienced up to this point is, in a, is, um, is a, it's an effect of what's happened in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is the cause. The flesh realm is the effect. And so you're actually getting real life. You're getting into what's causing things to happen. That's what you're learning today. That's a huge thing. That's the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The spiritual realm is what controls what goes on in the flesh realm, in, the, in what you can see in the natural. Okay, so the spirit realm, when you access your spirit, when you start talking to the Lord, there are other people, there are other things in the spiritual realm. They're called demons and the devil himself. They are angels. They fell from heaven because the devil tried to exalt himself above the most high God and you cannot do that. So he sinned, an unpardonable sin. He fell. What happened when he fell is he dragged a third of the innumerable angels and the heavenly host with him. The reason he did that is because he's a con artist and he expertly, which is not true, um, conned them into thinking that he could lead a better kingdom. He led a revolution against God and he failed. And this world is a product of that. This world and what it looks like, society and what they look like, it's a product of the revolution of the devil. And... Because God gives you such a choice. He's so merciful. He's so good. He gives you a choice. He doesn't make you stay with him. Because the devil, he didn't make the devil stay with him. The devil said, I don't want any part of you or this. I'm going to do it better. He said, okay, fine. This is where you can go. Because you didn't make the universe. I did. So if you want to do things differently than God's way, get your own universe. Until then, you either do things God's way or you spend eternity in hell. And those are the only two options. And I love you enough to tell you that. Okay? Um, So, You test the spirits. If you hear something, anytime you hear something, anytime you get a word and you're like, this is from the Lord, because it could sound amazing. It could sound holy. I have had things sound so holy. They have sounded like God assignments, but they weren't. I said, is Jesus come in the flesh? And you hear this, no. Flee in the name of Jesus. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your spirit. They'll leave. You know, they'll leave. Because all they're doing is trying to... Uh, to just throw anything in your head that could get you off course, throw anything at you to get you distracted from this word. You keep the main thing, the main thing. You talk to Jesus. You keep your armor on. You stay in this word and God will lead you into your destiny, and to your destination. And it will be more glorious and more unimaginable than you could ever think possible. So that's how you test the spirits. Did Jesus Christ come in the flesh as a man? Yes or no? God will always say yes. Jesus, the Holy Spirit always say yes. The devil will say, no, his demons will say, no. And you say, flee in the name of Jesus. Okay. And every fresh word you get, every time you test the spirit in the middle of a conversation with the Lord, you hear anything. I make the Lord confirm it all the time because I'm not going to miss God. See, when I was starting out learning all this, no one taught me that demons were also trying to get a word in edgewise because they just didn't think it was necessary. They thought surely I'd get in the word but I didn't find this scripture for a long time. And so I needed to know quickly. And so I want you to know quickly, as I'm telling you to talk to the Lord, also have this safeguard in place because what you're going to learn very quickly is in the kingdom of God. Yes, you're a child of God, but you're a warrior in the army of God here on the earth. And the devil, when you discover this is going to come at you with everything he has to destroy you and to get you off this word. Because the Bible says the devil comes immediately to steal the word the sower sows. You don't want that for your life. You don't wanna learn this and grasp it and get it and then just lose it and then wonder what happened. That was feeling like a really good couple of days. That was feeling like a really good hour. I felt something. See, when I'm talking, you're feeling something, right? Your spirit's saying, whoa, there's more. Your flesh, your soul is like, whoa, there's more. And your spirit's saying, come on, let me out. Come on, let me at it. Cause your spirit's perfect. You got saved. You said, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Be Lord of my life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You say that. Even if it's for the first time right now, your spirit flips. You are transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And if you've already done that, right? If you've already done that, then then you're already here in the kingdom of light. So your spirit is sitting there saying, life is so good. And your soul is sitting there going, not if someone cuts me off today. And your flesh is saying, not if I get hungry. But your spirit's saying, I love God. I'm saved. I'm whole. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. And meanwhile, your flesh can be suffering from something. Your spirit knows it. But your flesh doesn't. And so it's up to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Use the will that you have inside you that God gave you. That free will. That precious free will. Use it. And say, I am going to direct myself to the word of God. I'm going to direct myself to a trustworthy source. I'm going to direct myself to a sermon. All I'm going to do is have light in my ears and in my eyes. These are the two portals. These are the two windows to your heart. These are the two windows to everything that's inside you is your ears and your eyes. And so if you don't use them for good and you put darkness in there, then darkness is all that's going to be in there. And so you're not going to know how to find light. You're not even going to be able to recognize light. Everything's going to feel dark and scary and mushy. But if you focus on the light because he is light, have you ever been dealing with the world for so long? Like you, you went to school and then you went to work or maybe you were at work all day and your kids were busy or whatever it was, whatever's going on in your everyday life. And then you get to the end of the day and something pops in your head and you're like, oh, I really haven't read the word in a while. I guess I should do that. So, you open up that Bible app, maybe even you crack open the Bible. They're both the Bible. So, one doesn't count more than the other. (laughs) Okay. Listening to it counts. Reading it counts. Looking at it on paper or on the technology counts. It doesn't matter. I sound 70 on the technology, on those boxes that seem to do things. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's the way, as long as you read the Bible, (laughs) you're good. (laughs) Okay. when you're doing that, when you first, when you like meander back over to the word after you spend so much, I mean, it could have been weeks or months or years. I'm not judging you. I have been you. I am not judging you. I have been you. I am not judging you. I have been you. Please don't feel judgment. You meander back in there and you start, you just flip up anything cause you don't know anyway what you're looking at. I mean, it just looks like boring old English. So get an NIV Bible message us. We'll send you one. Um, but you read it and then you're like, Oh, I'm starting to feel better starting to feel a little bit of like <laughs> oh that made me feel better. you like you read a few verses you don't even know really what you read and you close it and you're just like oh well that must help me because i feel better if you feel better because it's the word of god it's living it's breathing and it's alive and so when you close it you just put light into your life you just put light into your eyes you just put light into your ears your spirit's like <gasps> Like it's breathing for the first time in a while, right? Because your spirit, you're starving it if you don't feed it the word of God. Your spirit is being starved. If you don't if you don't pray in the spirit and build yourself up in your most holy faith, that's how you get your spirit stronger. You just pray in the spirit. You read the word, okay? Because what you need to have happen is instead of, of your flesh leading or your soul leading, I feel like doing this, I want to do this, your flesh leading. I'm craving a cheeseburger, right? I want that person. That's your flesh leading, okay? That's your soul leading. But when you get to your spirit leading, then everything you do and say is gonna come from this word. Everything you do and say is gonna be God's way. When you do things God's way, when you crucify your flesh every day, not just Sunday, when you do that, you live a glorious, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled life. And it produces results. It produces amazing results. Let me just tell you about a few of them right now. We'll talk about it. Um, it says over here, guys, my notes are on my computer again. So if you haven't figured that out, that's where we're doing it. Um, because of their faith in him, their daily portion will be a father's help and deliverance from evil. This is true for all who turn to hide themselves in him. Glory. Hallelujah. That's Psalms 3740 in the passion. So now that we know how to talk to the Lord, okay, that's the first step. You have to know to talk to God. Uh, Jesus said in his word, my sheep shall know my voice. So don't worry about recognizing the Lord. You know how to safeguard against devil and demons, and you know that you'll recognize his voice. He will get you where you need to go. You just say, hey, Jesus, and you just listen. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal his kingdom to me, and you just listen. You get in this word. Recognize him through his word. Just start reading, and he'll begin to talk to you. It'll be powerful. I'm excited for you. Um, okay. I remember the first time that I heard that Jesus could talk back. I was like, I got to have this right now. Jesus has been talking to someone other than me and he could talk. I did not know this. I had no clue. No one taught me this. I was raised really so church and no one taught me this. And I was like, whew, all right, Jesus, I need to talk to you because the guy I listened to my, my favorite pastor, Jesse Duplantis, he taught this at, um, a Bible college sermon one day that I was watching online. And I was like, Whoa, this is powerful. And so I, I was like, Jesus, I need to know you. I need to like talk to you. And he revealed himself to me. And I just started hearing his voice. And I was like, oh, is that you? Is that Jesus? And he said, it's me kid. It's really me. I'm here. And I was like, "Wow, it's Jesus. Like you're talking to God of the universe. He just can talk to you. He lives inside you. Do you understand how powerful that is? If you knew the head boss of a company, if you were going to the Ritz Carlton and you knew the owner of the Ritz Carlton, you were best friends with him. He was your brother. Like he loved you. Your dad owned it, whatever it was like, just someone who you're just like, they're going to do anything for me. Anything. I love them so much. They love me so much. Like, we can do anything. He'll, I'll do anything for him. He'll do anything for me. Right? She, whatever. It's like having that kind of relationship. You watch them walk in the Ritz-Carlton and someone's like, hi, are you checking in today? How can I help you? And you're like, I know the owner. I'm, my room's already ready. And they're like, well, we need to go through this process and we need to get these steps. And I'm sure you do, sweetie, but I need your card on file. And the owner walks up and goes, what are they doing? Come with me. I already have your stuff ready. Chill. I told you they were coming. Stop it. And they take you to the room. That is what this is. See, you go to church and someone's trying to put themselves between you and God. They interpret the word. I'm not saying church is bad. Church is very good. Please join the body of Christ. But church is not meant to be your intercessor between God and man. Jesus is the intercessor between God and man. Church is not. Jesus is. So you go to church to gather with other believers, not to access God through your pastor right? And so you want to, you want to access God through Jesus. She says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So people are trying to access God through church. You got to go through Jesus. Hi, Jesus. And you know, Before long, I was talking to Jesus. I was developing a relationship with him. I was fellowshipping with him, not just having a relationship with him, hanging out with him. I asked him what his favorite show was. You know what he told me? He said The Chosen, and I had like maybe heard of it one time. I was like, oh, I think it's that Jesus show. Oh, I guess it's about you. Okay. I went and watched it. I was like, whoa, this is good. I can see why it's his favorite. They dramatize some things. They don't do everything perfectly, but they did a great job just introducing you to how much love he had inside of him. See, if you don't see Jesus's eyes looking back at you in the mirror, you're not sanctified enough. You gotta get more in love with him. You gotta get more of his love inside you. And how you do that is you read this word, and you talk to him and you do this word, what it says to do. When you do this, right? When your kids obey you, you're able to bless them so abundantly. Glory. I asked the Lord for some points, and this is what he gave me to tell you. The kid in you will be so relieved that you don't have to do all this by yourself. You don't have to figure out the whole world. You don't have to pick where you're gonna go to school or work, where you go to church, who you marry. You know God has arranged all of that, and he can help guide you through your life so that you don't see bad, but that you have blessing, honor, and good things all the days of your life. As a parent, granted, I'm a parent of small children, but they'll grow. I've, I'm starting to like take that in, in my brain and thinking it through and all the things I see. I'm very convinced that if they will do everything I tell them to do, they will live a great life. And it's true because I'm older than them. And I've been there and I've done that and I live a great life. So I know how to get to one. So if they do everything I tell them to do, I know that they'll get to succeed in life, but God feels the same way and he's infallible, okay? He cannot miss it at all. So if you're dating someone, you've been dating a long time, like I'm talking three, four years in, you've been dating them a long time, maybe even dating them a week, but you're like, this is it, this is the one. And you know how to talk to the Father, you know how to talk to Jesus, you know how to talk to the Holy Spirit and you're praying about it and you're like, Lord, I don't wanna waste time, so is this the one because I love him? And he says no and you keep dating them That relationship you have is going to be damaged. See, God still loves you the exact same. It's not going to be damaged. That's not a fair thing to say, I don't think. Let's put it this way. When your kid disobeys you consistently and over and over again and blatantly disobeys you, you had a conversation with them. They know, you know, they know you said not to do that. And they do it anyway. That's going to be damaging to the relationship. So that's fair. You're going to have to repent for that. You're going to have to, and that's all, Jesus' blood covered it. Hallelujah, glory to God. But you need to repent if you've missed God in that way. And if you don't know where you've missed him, you don't know what you're doing or where to start, just say, Lord, lead me and guide because I don't know. And you do everything you do know how to do when you get in this word and figure out the rest of it, okay? And you do it well. So here's where we're at. Tell my people there's more. I didn't just get them saved to get the next one saved. God doesn't run a pyramid scheme. We are getting out of here and there is life after this. Start preparing for your eternal work. This is a sentence Jesus gave me to give to you. He said, tell my people there's more. I didn't just get them saved to get the next one saved. God doesn't run a pyramid scheme. We are getting out of here and there is life after this. Start preparing for your eternal work. How do you prepare? How do you get ready for something you're going to do and you have no idea what it is? You get sanctified. How do you get sanctified? You, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So how do you prepare? You get sanctified. And how do you do that? The act of sanctification is the result of realizing that life is beyond your time here on earth. When you realize there is life after your time here on earth, you will start getting sanctified and you will get, start getting sanctified quickly because you're going to start investing in your future. Right? So I'm going to prove that to you in case you don't know. Revelations 22 says this, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. That sounds to me like a whole lot of life being lived after what we know here on the earth, right? This is after the earth and heaven has passed away and we're on the new earth and in the new heaven. It's a whole thing. What? That sounds crazy. Well, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Read Revelations. You'll learn about it. But this is life. There is life every single month yielding its fruit every month. So I guess we're going to eat in heaven. I guess we're going to have maybe months in heaven, who knows? I think time will pass away. But God is is still knows that. And they'll still be planting. And they'll still be growing. And they'll still be eating. And they'll still be serving. And they'll still be nations. Hmm. That's a lot of stuff to know about life after what you know today. When the devil and his demons are locked up in hell forever and they can't get out when everything's done, when the scrolls are closed, when the books on this life are read and the judgment has passed and you have been found faithful to the Lord God Most High through the Lord Jesus Christ. When you do that, you will breathe fresh air. There will be new things happening. You will have new events to look forward to. You will have new relationships and old ones. You and your buddy make it to heaven together or at the same time, or what like you, you went to heaven and he went to heaven. You'll know each other in heaven. You'll be buddies in heaven. What's bound on earth is bound in heaven. You and your spouse both go to heaven. You're going to see your spouse in heaven. You're going to love your spouse in heaven. But Pastor Holly, New Testament says that you won't have husband and wife and da, 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 da. not the way you see it. See, God is very specific and God's very literal. So what he said was, you won't have husband and wife. Maybe you're called leopard and llama. I don't know. You won't turn into an animal in heaven, but maybe you'll have different titles. But I know that what's bound on earth is bound in heaven and marriage is a covenant. You become one flesh. God honors that. He established it. People who get married through the government today, it's not that it's a governmental institution. It's a, it's a God, holy institution that they just happen to recognize. So get it right in your mind. Put it back under where it's supposed to be and get the fear out of your life because the devil's trying to attack you with fear about heaven. All you're going to do is be sitting there and just singing for eternity. You really want to do that? You really want to just sit there and praise God and be in a heavenly choir forever? That sounds fun to you? Or do you just want to have fun now? That's a lie of the devil. That's a scheme of the devil to make you so threatened by heaven, so scared of heaven that you don't even really care that much about going that's a scheme and a lie of the devil. And it's false. Heaven is a beautiful, lovely place, but there's a reason we don't know more about it. And it's because let me tell you a story. (laughs) So I went and I applied and I got into the Disney college program. It's where I met my husband. It's in Orlando, Florida. I think they have one at Disneyland in Anaheim too, but it's where I met my husband and it was such a glorious experience. I loved it. And they gave us all these instructions. I was 18 years old. I had never left home. I was uh, very sheltered all throughout my life, and I didn't know very much about anything. <laughs> and so I, I'm gonna go to this this program, this internship. I'm gonna live away from home. I've got my own, you know, food. I've got my own bedding. I've got my own, you know, everything. And I'm gonna go be on my own. <laughs> at this, at this program, they had apartments for us. They had a job for us. you socialized with the other college kids. It was very cheap labor to Disney and very fun to the kids doing it. So everybody wins. Right. And so I went there and they gave us so many instructions about how to get there and where to check in and what to do. And they gave you every single instruction, what to bring What to be prepared for, how much money to have on hand. You need your sunscreen, guys. You need your clothes. You need this and that. I mean, I knew everything to pack. I knew everything to do until I got right up to that front door. I knew how to get to the front door of that place. But once I got to that front door, I knew nothing. I did not know what I was going to be doing. I knew vaguely my assignment. They had given me that much. You know your assignment if you've gotten your vision from the Lord. You know kind of what you're going to be doing, what's bound what's bound in heaven. If you're a preacher today, you'll be a preacher in heaven. There's, there's more you don't know about. Okay. Um, and so I knew that I was going to be a lifeguard. I, was, I had been training for that. I was excited for that. But I didn't know what was going to happen on the other side. I didn't know what my apartment looked like. I didn't know who my roommates were going to be. I didn't know what life looked like after I walked through those doors. I knew nothing. All I knew was how to get there, and I knew I wanted to be there, and they had agreed that I could come. So I showed up at the front door, and you know what? Disney did not say, "Uh, who are you? Were you not more ready than this? I mean, we didn't give you any more instruction, but you're not more ready than this? ah, loser. No. (laughs) I walked through the door, and they said, hey, how are you? We know you know nothing. Here's all the pieces of paper you need. Go through this line. Go right there. Nope, that's fine. Go right there. It's no problem. We'll get you taken care of. Here's your keys. Here's what you're going to be doing. Here's who you report to. Here's when. This is what you do with this. This is where you go with that. Right? I was being taught. I was being led. And all throughout the whole process, I never once felt like like I I wasn't going to be okay. I knew everything was going to be okay. They had a plan. I got there. They had a plan. They knew where I was going. They had prepared for me ahead of time. That room, that apartment was ready. Right? The keys were made. All they did was hand them to me. They were real shiny, I remember. They were my very own keys to my very own place. And they gave us all these rules, like don't make a copy of your key, don't do this, don't do that. I was like, okay, I won't. I I ran across all these other people who didn't take rules as seriously as I did. And they're like, oh, I did that, oh, I did that. Oh, whatever. And you know, I had a better experience than they did, really, truly. I did, because I followed the rules. Like I did, I just followed the rules. It was very simple. And so you just follow the rules, what God's given you, because rules are not meant to, it's meant to guide you. And so as I walked up to that front door, I I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what's next. And I walked through the door and I saw next all over the place. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't even think of the thought anymore. I was so busy because they were leading me through the process. I saw the process. I was seeing those things were unfolding and I was like, okay, this is where I'm gonna go. This is what I'm gonna do. This is the, oh, okay. Like things were starting to make sense and pieces were starting to put in place. Meanwhile, I was in line with a bunch of really happy kids who were also leaving their parents' house, some of them for the first time. And we were all just so joyous and excited to be there. Uh, I'm not saying Disney World's heaven, let's be clear. <laughs> but I'm saying that it was a really... It was something Lord brings to my memory a lot when I think of heaven, because you're going to go and things are going to be okay. You are going to, you're not going to figure it out. God's going to, he has everything in place for you in heaven. Everything is done. Your mansion is built. Your, your plans are made. Everything is completed there. It's waiting for you. Glory. Hallelujah. But one of the things you have to realize is Jesus prayed the Lord's prayer in the, in the gospels. And he said, father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. So that must mean that God has just as much figured out for you here on the earth as he does in heaven. He has just as much figured out. And what you're doing right now is you're standing at the door. But the problem is with being here on the earth and being in the flesh, as long as you have. Is that if you got to this point in life and you're cognizant enough to hear my voice and understand what I'm saying, then you're older than zero, right? And so you're sitting there and you're going, but I know how to do this. You're standing at this door saying, I know how to do this. You're talking to the door saying, I know how to do this. And you keep fumbling around in front of the door. Just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to be in this relationship. I'm going to have this kid. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to make this decision. And you're just fumbling around in front of the door. And the devil's hitting you left, right, and center. There's a car accident. There's a failed relationship. There's a kid who's got cancer. There's the devil is pummeling you. And you're sitting there in front of that door. That door that can help you. If you would just walk through that door, you would have everything figured out already. You would have a plan. You'd have help through the door, but you're standing here in front of the door, fumbling around until you make it to heaven. And you're going, "Ah, Jesus. And they let you in the pearly gates and they go, honey, that could have been easier than you just made it look. It could have been easier. Do you want to hear that? Because I'm telling you right now, between inflation and 2020 and all the rumors and what things look like today and how what's appropriate to just even say on television, much less in front of the entire world, and you're sitting there and your bills are getting pummeled and people are calling, on your, calling notes on your home because you missed one payment because you had to do this other thing. This other thing had to come up and it had to do this, and I had to take care of my kid in this way, and I had to do that, and so I was late, and they're going to call your mortgage because the banks are going down, because everything is going down, because Everyone's out of, And you are sitting there in the middle of this crap storm. And all you're thinking is, this is life? Thanks. It's not. It's the devil's version of the world. It's the devil's version of life. It's the kingdom of darkness. And when you accept Jesus, it says you were translated into the kingdom of light. So if you're in the kingdom of light, why is everything still looking so dark? Because clearly... There's some more. There's some more. Nowhere in this word does it say the science wonders and miracles cease. Nowhere in this word does it say the healing and divine health ceases. Nowhere in this word does it say poverty is all of a sudden not a curse but a blessing. Nope. It calls it a curse. It calls poverty a curse. It calls sickness a curse. It calls sin bad and good good. When you do this, when God says, I have commanded you to love one another. If you hate a brother or sister, you have b- murdered them in my eyes. Strife is not tolerated. Sin is not tolerated. Gossip is not tolerated. Lying is not tolerated. And if you do it, there, it says there's a sin that doesn't lead unto death. It means you repent for it. Okay? You repent for those sins. You say, I'm sorry, Lord, I missed it. Forgive me in Jesus' name. And you just move on. Because if you get into condemnation, you're getting back into sin. Being under condemnation, being in grief and sorrow, it's sin. Worrying is sin. This word says it. It's a hard and fast sin. It's not even like one of those sins you maybe not be sinning. That's a real sin. Okay? So if you understand that because you've read this word and you do that then your life is so abundantly blessed it's so abundantly prosperous it's so abundantly healthy and wonderful and lovely but if you don't if you sit there in front of that door and you say Jesus I love you but I'm gonna do life my own way he's gonna say I never knew you and he'll spit you out of your mouth and you'll spend eternity in hell wishing you had listened to me today And I'm not saying this to scare you. I can't scare anybody into heaven. That's a devil tactic. That's not a me tactic. It is simply, however, the truth of the matter. And the truth is not scary. The truth can set you free. When you realize, put up or shut up, it's now or never, I'm going or I'm not going, go to heaven, make heaven your home. Rededicate yourself right now. Say, Lord, I'm sorry I missed it so bad. I didn't even think reading your word would be that big of a deal. I just was so excited to be saved. No one told me this was that big of a deal. It is. I'm telling you now. So you have the responsibility of knowing now that you're not only supposed to read this word and devour it. And I'm not saying read it 15 minutes. I'm not saying open a chapter. Oh, yes, God's good. He's light. Amen. Hallelujah. We have dinner to get to. No. No. You devour it. You know it on the inside and on the outside. I don't even know all this word yet. I just started walking in this two years ago. And I really started walking in it, it's July. I started at the beginning of December. So I started walking in this fully, like head on. I, I'm not going to take my eyes off the price because I did I did it a couple of times and I was like, well, back to the world. This was boring. because I wasn't all in. I was like, I'll give you 80% Lord. I'll give you 90% Lord. I'll give you 70% Lord, maybe even 20% Lord. I'm not going to give you a hundred because I have a life to live here. Like I've got bills to pay. I have a husband to keep happy. I've got kids to feed. I can't give you hundred. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the space. So I will give you what I can give you and I got to keep moving. When you treat God like that, he cannot bless you the way he wants to. He cannot take care of you the way he wants to. If you have a seven-year-old kid who's like, mom, I got my own dinner, don't worry about it. And you're like, honey, I just made your favorite meal. It's on the table. There's an ice cream brownie sundae afterwards. It's your favorite. We're gonna watch a movie later. Everything's gonna be wonderful. I got you a new pair of jammies. In the morning, we're gonna go to Disneyland. It's gonna be amazing. I have the best day planned. And that kid is sitting in front of you at seven years old saying, nope, I got it. I'm going to fumble around here. I'm going to eat some dry cereal. I'm going to go to bed with one arm sticking out of the head piece and then just like fumbled around. And maybe I'm thinking of a smaller child than that. But you know what I'm saying? They miss it. They can't provide what you can provide for them. They can't make a brownie Sunday, They don't even reach the oven. They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't provide the things you can provide. They can't. You didn't give them the ability, God didn't give them the ability. He asked you to grow them up and to steward them and protect them, right? Okay, so he's doing that with you. But if you don't let him, if you stand there in front of him and say, I got it, I got it, I got it. There's nothing more frustrating than watching a child try to tie their shoe when you know how to tie shoes. Even if you're trying to teach them, <laughs> you're like, you, you're making yourself watch them bunny rabbit the shoes, right? It's frustrating to watch someone miss it over and over and over again when you can just do it for them. See, we've got a good daddy. He loves us more than you could possibly imagine. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. He loves you more than you love you. He loves you more than your daddy loves you. He loves you more than your mama loves you or your husband or your babies or your kid or your boyfriend or your cat. He loves you more than all of them. Why? Because he's God. He made you. He thought of you before you were even in existence as a spirit, He thought, oh, you know it would be the most beautiful spirit? And he started falling in love with you. Let me add this, and what if they're really good at music, and then what I'm gonna put in next is, oh, the hair. She's gonna love that hair, and then, you know, He's, he, he's going to love this because I'm going to put this desire in him. I'm going to put this anointing on his life. I'm going to put this ability in him. And so it's going to pair him and her, and they're going to walk as one flesh and they're just going to balance each other perfectly compatible, compatible, compatible. They're never going to fight. They're never going to have an argument. They're going to make the most beautiful children. Their children are going to be gorgeous. And then those kids, do you see what I'm saying? He thought about it. He thought about you before you thought about you. He thought about your life before you knew you had a life. He thought about your children before you ever thought about having kids. He thought about your career, your marriage, your home. What is she going to like? I think she'll like the rocks there at the bottom there. She loves rocks and, and she loves that pretty white color, that white stone in the front. She's going to love that on our fireplace. I'm going to put that in our fireplace. I'm going to do that. That's how God thinks for you. He thinks good thoughts towards you, not just about you, but towards you. When you think thoughts towards someone, you think, what can I do for them? God, the Bible says, God thinks thoughts towards you. Okay, so when we do this, when we do everything he says, when we let him lead us, when we talk to him daily, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to be sanctified. When you allow yourself to be so saturated and so filled with the word of God that when you open your mouth, love pours out, blessing pours out. You don't have time to curse. You can't even think about a curse word because you're so happy and you're so joyful and you're so in love with life and the world. I'm telling you right now, it's possible because I've done it and I am in it. I live in the blessing of Abraham and it is the most exciting, wonderful amazing thing anyone could ever do. It's the most amazing thing anyone could ever accomplish and be a part of. And all it took was my heart being open to the Lord and saying, God, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to open this up and I hope you can help me because I got nothing. He knows that you don't have very much. He loves you more than you love you. He thinks you're special. He knows you're special. He knows he called you. He knows what you're going to do. He knows how much you're going to enjoy eternity. He knows what kind of house you like and what car you want to drive. Not the one you'll settle for. The one you actually want. The 500,000 Lamborghini, Maserati, Bugatti, Ferrari. (laughs) That one. He knows that kind of thing. He knows that you think that stuffed animals may look silly, but they do sure seem comforting. He knows the tiniest little details about your life and about you, and all he wants to do is share it with you. Sorry. I'm so in love with the Lord. I'm so in love with his plan for my life. I'm so in love with who he's chosen me to be. I love it. He's a masterpiece. He's making a masterpiece out of me, but it's not me. The world's going to call that greedy. They're going to call you self-centered. They're going to say, wow, you think super highly of yourself. Yes, I do. Because God made me. And I'm beautiful. And I have a purpose. And I have life after this life. And so whatever you could insult me with, it doesn't matter to me. I have someone inside of me telling me that he loves me every minute of the day. I wanna say an L sound so bad all the time. I wanna just say, Ugh. I just keep feeling like I need to say Ugh. when I'm talking, I'm like, nothing I wanna say has an L in it. And so I just say hallelujah or glory. And I'm like, okay, got the L sound out of my mouth. Why would I have that L sound in my mouth? And God interrupted my thoughts the other night after my children were in bed when he had time to talk to me and I had time to listen to him. And he said, ah, like fully and have a conversation. We talk throughout the day, but to sit and have a conversation, I can, I can do that easier when my children are unconscious. <laughs> They're asleep. He said, you know why you hear that, feel that L sound in your mouth and you want to say it? You're hearing it in your spirit. It's me telling you I love you all the time. That's intense. That's how much the father loves you. He just sits there and stares at you and just says he loves you. Isn't that what you do with your small kids? You just sit there and stroke a baby's face and tell it you love it all the time. Tell your babies you love them all the time. Why? Because you do. They're your babies. You love them. You made them. You adopted them. Whatever it is that you did with them, they're yours now. They're your humans. You love them. You're God's human. He loves you. You look like him. You remain his image and his likeness. You have things inside you that he's saying, daughter, you're so beautiful in this way. Son, you're so powerful right here. I want you on this vein. And you're saying, nope, God, I got it. Nope, God, I got it. That's not going to do what you need done. That's not going to accomplish what you want because the desires you have in your heart, they're from the Lord. And any desire that's from the world will fall away as you get into the word. You'll find things that you thought you liked and you're like, I don't like that. I thought I loved television. I thought that I was a binge queen. But you know, the TV's just going to suck. If you're not watching a sermon or something about the Lord, it's, not, it's just going to suck. And you can watch all the sermons you want, but if you never talk to the Lord, you're not going to feel the way I'm feeling. You're not going to know this peace that I'm telling you about. You're not going to know the joy that I'm sharing with you. The overwhelming love. You're not going to feel it wrap around you like the warmest hug cloud you could ever imagine you know you're not gonna have that unless you talk to God unless you actually form a relationship and more than that a fellowship with him be God's friend and you will see doors open in your life no man can close you'll see finances come in from places you didn't know finances could come in from you will do things with your life you didn't think anyone could do, much less you. Because see, if your seven-year-old only asked you for things the seven-year-old could accomplish themselves, then that seven-year-old wouldn't have a brownie Sunday. and they wouldn't have a fancy dinner and they wouldn't have new jammies and they wouldn't have the coziest, warmest bed to sleep in at night because that seven-year-old can't provide all that for themselves, but you can. See, God's gonna provide a life for you you can't provide for yourself. It's gonna come with more freedom more time with your family, more money, more resources to do what you want to do with your life, to bless people, to love on people. You're going to be able to be a source instead of a suck. Everyone's going around trying to, what can I get from you? Suck, suck, suck. Cause they're so empty on the inside. They're just searching for the Lord and they can't get to him and they don't know how, and they don't know how to feel what they need to feel because you were formed. You were created to be in constant communication with the Lord God most high. That's how you were formed. And so when you decide, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go my own way. Your inside is feeling empty and you're trying to fill that. And you don't know how to fill that. And no matter what you obtain, no matter where you get to, I guess the next thing's going to do it because this thing's not doing it. It's it's the next concert that's going to make me feel better. This concert didn't make me feel better, but for a few hours. And really, I mean, something happened. Some guy spilled beer. up. No See, God can give you this overwhelming peace and contentment that supersedes the world. It's the kind of contentment Paul talked about <clears throat> where he said, I've learned how to abound and I've learned how to abase. I've learned how to have everything and I've learned how to have nothing as to have contentment. I just have contentment in the Lord. I just love the Lord. Why do you think he was like that? Because he talked to God. He's the one that um, he or Peter, someone... One of them taught us how to test the spirits. They all knew how to talk to God. That's why the Acts church was so powerful. Every member of that church talked to the Lord. Every member of that church knew how to talk to God. They taught them. The disciples taught them. That's why it was so powerful. That's why the church was growing by the thousands daily. But when people stop doing that, when the teaching gets less intense and and powerful, when the teaching gets more appeasing to your flesh instead of appeasing to your spirit, or really just appealing to the word, of like when a minister starts giving you their opinion instead of what the word says, or starts giving you a societal concession instead of what the word says, if they start compromising on this word, you get out of there and you get out of there now. You ask the Lord where you should go to church. He's not going to put you with a pastor that is misinterpreting the word of God. He's just not, he's a good daddy. He loves you more than that. So find a good church, seek the Lord about it and get in this word. And I'm so happy that we got to talk today. I'm so glad you listened to the whole thing because I really, truly believe this will benefit you more than anything else ever could because you're out there searching and hustling and fighting for what I'm sitting here telling you about right now. Everything I'm telling you to do is the answer. Be a kid again, return to your father, love on him. Let him love on you. Let him provide for you. Let him make decisions for you. Let him say, I want you to move here. I want you to get this job. I want you to go to that place. Let him say, show up to this place at this time and you'll see what happens. You don't know what he's gonna do, but you know it's gonna be good. Your children don't fear retribution when you tell them you're planning something big. They get excited. They're like, you're planning something? Are we going on vacation? Are you gonna buy me a new toy? What's happening? They're excited. They're, their expectations are high. You tell your kids, we're going to do something amazing today. And you don't know what it is. Their expectations are helicopter immediately <laughs> skydiving. We're there. Let's get on a boat. Are you buying a yacht today? Like your kids spirits like they're born believers. They're born success. They are born believing and shooting for the very top. You're the one that's been trained by the world to stop shooting that high. Cause you were born that way too. Shake it off. Get delivered from it. Say, Lord, I want everything. Deliver me from anything that's not everything. In the name of Jesus, amen. Your life will never be the same. I'm so grateful I got to talk to you today. Until next time, my name is Holly Smith. This is Grab the Glory with Holly Smith at Lion and Land Ministries. Have a great week. Bye-bye.